Hello, welcome back to the Being Whole podcast. Today I sit down and speak with a young mom named Lupita. Lupita is a mom of three with PTSD. She lived through childhood sexual abuse and a couple of addictions. Now Lupita makes videos on Instagram to connect with others who are on similar healing journeys. And she's also working on a podcast to help people who might be in the same place she was by offering support and tools that can help. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Being Whole podcast. I'm so excited here today. I have my guest, Lupita, and she is going to tell us a little bit about her story. And we actually met on Instagram, which I think is so cool. So welcome, Lupita. I'm so excited that you're here today. Hi. Hi, everyone. Well, um, Lupita, I am 25, almost 26 years old. Um, I have an Instagram page where I post literally videos of me just expressing myself and kind of my humor and how I cope with things and my you know PTSD and all of that mm-hmm. I do have three children and a husband and a dog that I love um but yeah that's well me. and one of the things that it was so striking to me for those of you who can't see us on the video you, you look so young so when I found out you had three children too I was like oh my goodness wow how does she do all of these things that she does And I was just so interested to hear you talk about, yes, just your journey and how you fit everything in and how you do um, what you do. Yeah. So, you know, my story, my story started when I was very young, you know, with like going through childhood abuse and stuff, really, it really sets you up for failure as a teenager, as an adult, because you carry all this stuff with you that a lot of people don't have, Mm -hmm. um, Especially, you know, I, I think it depends on all you like your personality type, how you deal with trauma. But for me, I was a rebel as a teenager, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol up to my early adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, I got married with my husband very young. We've had children very, very quickly after marriage, um, which probably wasn't a good idea. But I feel like my kids really <laughs> made me who I am today. And I would have never started my healing process if it wasn't with them you know my PTSD really started showing up when I got pregnant with my first daughter mm-hmm. I went into this new world of just you know anxiety depression which really made me question and that's when I finally was like hey I need to heal my trauma to be even able to raise my children and it really like started that <laughs> Yes. And that's, oh my goodness, that's such a hard space to, you know, especially like, that's one of the things when I talk to people about healing, you know, if you have kids and you're in that process, you know, it's so hard to be the parent you want to be and be present because you're so in the depths of your own pain and trying to understand it. And then you also see the ways that your own pain has caused hurt or, you know, you've coped in different ways. And, and so just that inside itself is like, it's the whole other healing journey that you have to go through. Right. And then, as you said too, it can kind of bring you back to these different places that maybe you didn't want to revisit or didn't think you had to revisit too. Yeah. So like in my life, I kind of like have these three major life events that I kind of like, it's like, what kind of made me who I am? You know, it's my trauma. I had a premature baby. My second daughter was born very early. We had a lot of really bad health situations. She was in the hospital so long, a lot of near-death experiences. And for someone that was already very hurt, you know, it was really, really dark place. Mm -hmm. And then my addiction. So those three things are like something that I'm so proud of myself for, you know, going through it. And now it's like, 
I'm showing people and making those videos so people see that they're not alone. You know, I used to feel so much shame. And yeah. it's like, if, if I would have seen someone doing those things, I probably, you know, would have felt better. So it's really important to like kind of show up for those people. No, I, exactly. And that's, you know, what I think is so great is that, you know, anytime you can find somebody you relate to on social media or their content resonates with you, then it can, it can help somebody else feel a little less alone. And that's why, you know, I don't, I don't think there's such a thing as too many people saying the same thing because you never know who it's going to relate to, who's going to resonate with, or who needs to hear whatever you have to say in that moment. And just for you to even be so open to talk about, you know, it was, you know, there's a, you even said, right away like how childhood trauma kind of sets you up for not necessarily the best space and that's a whole other space then you have to reconcile too do you have to go back to some of those choices that you've made or recognize kind of how your coping mechanisms maybe weren't the healthiest and and really like you said that that shame of like you're carrying around all the shame for things that you did but the things that you did a lot of times are in response to something that happened to you so it's yeah. so you know it's so interwoven with a lot of different things there on that journey yeah um one big thing i think that kind of fired me up into you know showing up more is with my experience in my family it was something that they kind of avoided talking about you know like hey like this big thing happened but we're acting as if nothing happened because that's you know more that's very uncomfortable but then it's like it shows up in a lot of different ways um you know with me and my addiction I know it was because of suppressing that trauma that I had I have a brother who is also an addict and is not doing very good right now and I know it's because of the same thing so it's like if I have to post videos on the internet to start bringing awareness in the conversation, like, you know, I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the unfortunate thing. First of all, I'm so sorry about your brother. I know it's just, a, it's addiction is so challenging and to anyone who doesn't understand it, who looks at it and who maybe thinks, you know, people should just get over it or they could stop. I mean, the layers and the levels of, of emotions and physical responses to get through with addiction. It's, it's so much, right. And, and, you know, for you to just be able to recognize that you don't want other people to be alone in that space and you want them to, you know, feel like they're seen because that, that is what's again, you know, so much of it, why people don't even talk about things like addiction is because it is still so shame filled. And it's also looked upon by, unfortunately, by many in society as something that is just, you know, you did to yourself, regardless of the circumstances, you should be able to move through that. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk to people, most people do numb out in unhealthy ways, you know, and they really do. And so when you really start to get people to connect with their emotions and their bodies, it's like, okay, you maybe wow. didn't drink all of this over here, but let's talk about this other situation or your online shopping or whatever it is. And, you wow. know, starting to see the ways that we all just like kind of numb, really. I did that, like a lot and I, I I went through like drugs and then like alcohol and then when I was leaving that it's like my phone like okay now I'm on my phone all the time just really trying to escape like with anything and it's just like really like like no I need to live my life and I cannot and like I, I also did some research and um I saw how brains you know change through childhood if you've been through trauma and like how people react differently to like certain medications if they've been through stuff so it was really it felt, it felt nice that like, hey, it's not just me wanting to do all of these things. It's maybe something that I need to like go to therapy for, go and, you know, do some healing. So I will not need, you know, to numb out. 
Yeah. Right. Well, and that's just another layer to talk about too, about the different symptoms that it can cause, you know, how childhood trauma can creep up in so many ways, not just through behaviors, but then again, like you said, the, the brain patterns changing and how it changes your nervous system response. And that's something that I think like we're only really now beginning to hear about. And that's honestly only if you're looking for it, only if you're paying attention, right. It's not like something like you and I are like, Oh yeah, it's everywhere, but it's, because like we're in that space right and so for the general you know that to just be part of the conversation would be wonderful you know to get people to understand like here are all the ways that childhood trauma of a variety of forms really shows up for other people because they think too it helps you then understand kind of some of those reactions like you're saying that you have or some of the things where I mean I myself had no idea I did not connect any of it until just a few years ago. And it was just like eye-opening. And I know, like you said too, that all of a sudden you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um it's crazy. It's a lot. So when you picked up and you were like, okay, videos, what made you decide that videos on Instagram was the way to go? Because I have to tell you, they still terrify me. And so every time I see you and you just are like, yep. Um, I think it's so awesome. So what, what helps the shyest person? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's crazy that I do that because I'm like literally the shyest. I feel like the first one was the hardest. The second one was pretty hard as well, but I felt it was like a really, I love humor and it's like a way that I cope. So I felt that I could express myself, um, in a healthy way, you know, um, with humor and just really letting those emotions out. Um, I feel like that really helped. Were people receptive of that when you started? Because I know a lot of times you are talking about things that aren't, people don't joke about necessarily addiction or people aren't joking about some of these things that you are or in the way that you are, because you're very raw and open about it too. So what was the response like from people when you wanted to do this? The response um, with the public was really good. Um, I think I had more issue as in like my personal life people you know that know me like family and personal people they're the ones that kind of got triggered other people were like thank you like yes but of course it's like people that are involved kind of like get upset but it's like once you grow up and you realize you know now I realize I'm an adult I grew up and I had like a teenage mentality for so long you know like the trauma and all of that really stunts you your growth mentally and so I felt that you know people could really tell me like what to do you know, like boundaries were taking away from us, like yeah. such a year, like a young age, we have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, this happened to me. And I'm gonna do these videos. Like if that bothers you, you know, you can unfollow me. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> yes, yes. But that that right there is such a victory statement, because of what you said, you know, being able to recognize that you get to make those choices. And that's something that you're deciding to do. And that other people's perceptions or opinions of it are irrelevant, because this is part of your healing. And yeah. that's such a powerful step right there. Because I felt scared of making choices, even with my daughters, you know, just putting the boundary and I felt bad. I felt like I was a kid and I had to listen to everybody else until I was like, Hey, like I'm going to be 26. Like I can make decisions and I can, I'm capable of making the right ones for me and my family. Mm-hmm. And if people don't agree, well, then, you know, that's okay. Yep. And really being able to recognize that and understand that. Have you had a lot of people since you've done the videos, do you have people who ask you more about your experiences or who want you to share other things? 
Um, not technically as in my, you know, abuse, more in addiction um, and mental health. That's like a big thing that people, you know, I'm talking with right now. Um, just kind of like bring awareness and like different type of addictions. Like even right now, you know, I have, I was struggling with marijuana and <laughs> that's a whole other thing because people hate people that say, you know, you can be addicted to marijuana. It's like, they take it very personal. So even opening up to that and having, you know, people like, Hey, like I'm struggling, but I'm too embarrassed because, you know, people don't see it and just kind of like being there for people that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's such a, I noticed that right away. That was one of the first things I noticed about your account is because people don't say that at all. It's like, I think it was one of your hashtags that I remember. I was like, whoa, okay, go you. Just because I thought, I think it is opening up this space of conversation too, to even, okay, let's be honest about what any drug use looks like, you know, because everyone that could be okay for somebody in some certain realm or whatever they think is like, it doesn't mean it doesn't still have properties that are not healthy. <laughs> you know, it's also to see that, you know, people would come in my inbox or in my, you know, comment section, but you wouldn't see that with other, you know, addictions. If somebody was opening up about like food addiction or porn addiction that are not like drug based, they wouldn't go and tell them like, oh, well, that's not addictive. That's just you or, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like new and people don't really know about it. So it's kind of. Hey, isn't Lapita so lovely? I wanted to take a moment and ask you for a favor. While you are listening or watching, can you share the love? You can rate or write a podcast review if you're listening by scrolling below this episode. You can give the video a thumbs up if you are watching on YouTube. Doing this helps others find the content and lets me know that you love what I'm putting out there. Thanks so much. Let's get back to today's conversation. Yeah, well, it's just always interesting to me too that anyone would feel it necessary to be like, oh no, that's not what's happening to you. <laughs> like yeah. oh okay I'm sorry like I'm experiencing yeah. my body right now are you <laughs> yeah I had to myself that you know to stop like answering because you can be on Instagram fighting with people on your comments like all day but just really knowing the truth and knowing when it's enough it's enough like you don't have to answer to all of them it's okay well and something too you know just even people learning to recognize what their own body responses are like you said as well you know that your body has changed you think like your response to medication mine absolutely is different I metabolize things differently too you know so even just being able to have awareness of that you know whether it's regard to marijuana whether it's regard to alcohol whether it's regard to you know whatever it is caffeine and that's the thing too you know it's like so many so often we're just not paying attention to the ways that anything is impacting us or why we want it to impact us, right? Like that's the thing. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, dopamine nation. Um, it's oh. really good. It's very interesting. So it's, it's a book I recommend for you guys. <laughs> Well, it really is because it's about that seeking that dopamine hit, seeking that. And you can, you know, when you talk about that, even with people, like you were saying too, with your phone, I mean, that was, that's always a big one for me. I have to like, I'll go on detoxes from it or I'll set timers or I, I tell my students to, I'm like, go on and look at your screen time where it breaks it down, you know, or I'll delete like the social media apps off my phone. And it is just like sick and wrong to feel how many times you go to pick up your phone to look at it. And then you're like, oh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I just had to have noise around me for some reason. I feel like when I stopped doing drugs and I like started the healing process, I had a lot of like alone time in my head, you know, my, the fog had like had cleared and I could think, and it was like, I had a lot of 
time, I guess you can say. Mm. I'm sorry, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> what did I say before? Maybe I won't, I'll remember. Oh, you were just saying how, yeah, like once you kind of, the fog kind of cleared in your brain and yeah. you were able to to really I feel. I always needed noise around me. So I would either have like a podcast on or like a YouTube video on my phone, but always like it would always be on and the noise would constantly be on because I, I guess I couldn't just sit quietly with myself and then that was another thing like hey like why can't you sit quietly with yourself and really like digging in and like asking questions to yourself really yes helps yeah oh I agree and that's something where I I stopped like watching tv and listening to music for a while too then just so I could like really yeah once I wanted to sit with myself I was like okay what is this? And, and just really, like you say, asking yourself questions. That's all I did. You know, if a feeling came up, it's like, why, where does that come from? What does that mean? And, you know, not like we have to know the answers to everything and we're not going to, because sometimes it's like, okay, I don't know why this feeling is there. It's just there and I'm going to accept it. But I think it's that original questioning part when you're becoming aware that then like allows you to get to that place where now the feelings can come in and you're like, okay, yep, that's here. And I accept it. And I'm no longer, I don't have to question it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like the hard work. Not a lot of people, I guess, you know, kind of want to do it, but you really have to go in there and clean it to get, you know, the clean water out. Like at first it's disgusting and horrible and you don't want to, and it's hard. But once you get through that, like it's, it's really nice. I know it. And that's the thing too. I think that is just, you know, really encouraging people that it does feel hard in different times and, you know, recognizing that and yep. Acknowledging, okay, this is hard right now, but also then keep finding people like you keep finding other people who keep saying, yes, that's hard, but look at what happens when you keep going or look at what's on the other side of it. And that's why to your videos are so important just to give people that, like it is hard and it might still be hard every day, but this is why you do it because you get yeah. all this other happy stuff. <laughs> yeah, and like, even with like asking questions too, I had tried medication mm-hmm. before um, for my mental health and it was, it did not end well. Um, I was actually very depressed while on medication. I, I had like, it was like a movie scene when I remember I just like flushed all of my medication on the toilet. Oh, no. Like I felt like when I was like, you know, thinking about suicide when I was younger, I was ever never going to do it. You know, it's like, I guess you call it ideation. If I'm mm-hmm. saying that correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought of that here and there, but when I was on that medication, it was kind of more serious and not just idealization. So I flushed it because I was so scared of getting oh. down a rut that I would not be able to stop. So like, before I get that bad, let me just flush them. Like a week later, I was in the ER because you're not, you're not supposed to quit them cold turkey. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like terrified of medication and then you know I was I went to my therapist again because a lot of my physical PTSD symptoms started showing up my mm-hmm. blood pressure was through the roof I was wow. nauseous and sweat I was very sick physically and I asked the question like you know I tried this medication and it was just horrible and then I found out about this whole other class that's not like a benzo and it's not an SSRI um I don't know if you heard about it I think it's bus bar mm-hmm. and it's been really, really good. And with therapy, it's just like, I never thought I could find a medication that works for me. And just asking questions, if you really find help. Yeah. Well, and that's what, and thank you so much for being open about that journey and sharing that, because that's something too, I think, you know, 
it, it feels so impossible because you feel alone and the way to get out of that alone feeling is to ask for help, right. Or is to admit that something's happening. And so the more we can say that things are happening or to show people that, or to talk about different remedies that we've tried or talk, talk about different things. And, you know, even too, like, I know so many people are like, well, I tried therapy and I didn't like it. It's like, oh, I get that. I've had so many therapists, <laughs> like seriously, in it, it really is like finding the one who works for you. And I know it can be such a challenge for people to even get in. And so I get how that inside of itself feels hard when you're already in a space where everything feels hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when the thing I'm working with my therapist is that for some reason, I don't see myself. I can like, I can make plans for future things, even like a month or two. For some reason, it's either like now or never. And I'm, I kind of have that mentality of like, I'm going to do everything right now or I'm not going to do whatever. So it's like, hey, I'm going to make a therapist appointment, but if they don't give it to me this week, like I'm just not even going to go because it's either now or never. Yeah. It'll be alive, like at least 20 more years, you know, at least 15 more years. You can make plans. And it was really hard for me, mm-hmm. but it's therapeutic once you like, you can set plans, you know, I'll make an appointment for like a month from here. And it's, it feels okay. And it was something so simple, but so hard for me back then. But that's yeah. because yeah, your nervous system was so activated that then because you're when you're in fight or flight, it's like, no, that thing has to happen right now, because you don't know how many things could happen in between now and a month from now, right? And so I can't be having anxiety for the next month. <laughs> so that's why it's like yeah. more of a no, it's right yeah. now. So like, that's so cool that you can now be able to like recognize what's happening and to be able to feel safe enough to make those appointments out into the future to make those plans. And that's something that's so important too. Cause again, like all of these things, if you just randomly added all these up and tell people, they'd be like, what, how is that related? What? That doesn't make sense, but it's so real. <laughs> you know, yeah. just these little ways where you don't understand, you maybe don't aren't aware that there's little anxieties coming in or little sensations that you're paying, that you're not noticing in your body and then reacting to as a, as a result or what have you. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. <laughs> so what are your plans, continued plans for this? I know you love making the videos and what are your hopes? I know it's, you know, kind of a bunch of different things with the trauma and with the addiction. Are there some things that you like more than others or where are you hoping to take things? I'm still like, I guess, experimenting what fits best. Um, I want to start a podcast soon, kind of, you know, talk about addiction, spirituality. I'm in like, since I kind of hid for so long now, it's like, I'm trying to see, like, I love Jesus and I love church, but I've never even read the Bible. So now it's like, I'm reading the Bible. I'm studying this to see kind of like what I like. Um, yeah. You know, videos, podcast, um, being a guest. I really want to write a book too one day. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm totally here to support you on all of it. I think it sounds awesome. I think that too, I mean, without even realizing it, you know, we're hitting on so many different things that are just true of childhood trauma. You know, like you're saying, you're finding out what you like 
And that's the thing about like healing from trauma is like when you're coming out of that, you do, you're almost like a newborn and you have to rediscover like, who am I? What, what do I like outside of all these things that I thought I liked because I was pleasing somebody else or I was trying to stay small or I was, or whatever it is, you know? And so really that kind of awakening, once you get past some of that dark space and that awakening of finding out, okay, who am I? What do I want to do? It's really, it can be scary, but it's also really exciting too. It's just into that like even now back then like um you know my triggers and stuff with PTSD are so much better than they are now I still have a lot of healing to do I feel like I'm going to do that for so long and I'm, I'm okay with it because I I can still enjoy my life now without having everything fixed you know yeah yeah. And I really learned that kind of the hard way because you know my daughters were so small and I had you know PTSD but it's like I could have enjoyed them then, even if it was kind of dark and scary and sad, I could have been, um, you know, enjoyed that more. And that now I take that into account for like every other thing. It's like, Hey, I'm not healed, but I can enjoy things. Right. And that's, and that's hard too to keep yourself present and be like, okay, I can enjoy this. But like you said, you know, your triggers, they become less and less, or they don't impact you in the same way. Cause you know, I don't, I think it's, it's never something any of us are ever going to be fully healed. You know, there's never, I I don't believe that. I do believe that we each have to continue to do the work and there's always another layer and you might think there's not, but it's going to show up somewhere. (laughs) And so you might as well just expect it. (laughs) And, And so, but it's, it's, it feels so much more powerful to me now, like when a trigger does come up and I can feel it and I can diffuse it or I can move through it. And it's like, yeah, okay, I did that. And I feel powerful now instead of, you know, or even when it brings me down, it doesn't spiral me like the way it used to. And so like really recognizing that space instead of being like, oh, I'm triggered again, or, oh, I had a meltdown, you know, like recognizing how far you've come with it too is so amazing. Yeah, it is. It's really you think that it's never gonna be okay or you're never gonna you know be better and then one day you wake up and there's like no flashbacks or you know you reach a goal that you didn't think you would ever reach and then it's like kind of really being you know like I think it's like um a quote they say like you're in your answered prayers you know from before so it's and it's so true it's like just being thankful how far you've come and just keep growing. Right. Well, and it's so hard to, when you're in it, you want it to happen faster. You know, you're like, I don't want this to have feeling anymore. I just want it to go away. And that is, I mean, it's completely understandable why we numb out, right? Because you just, you've got to get that feeling away or I can't do this anymore. I'm ready to be over this, or I don't want to think about it or whatever it is. But it's like, once you really can move through some of that too, and recognize that, you're probably spending more time and energy thinking about how you, you don't want to heal it, or you don't want to go <laughs> then, you know, yeah. once you actually move, right. Yeah. Like you said, now you have all this creative energy, you have thoughts, like once that fog is cleared, cause so much of it is we're in our headspace thinking about it without, but yet thinking we're not thinking about it. Cause we're pushing it aside, but we're really not. Funny because, you know, like even like in, when I, you know, I was pregnant the first time that my mental health really kind of started deteriorating. It was like, I didn't think it was because of my trauma. <laughs> Things happened and like I went through addictions and I, I honestly, the trauma didn't even come to my head until it was like one day it was like, hey, like obviously that affects you. It's like, stop trying to pretend that nothing happened and that you're okay. Like what happened was, <laughs> was so big that 
it's okay that you're not okay and like just going that way it was like I was running like a backward race you know trying to like fix but I didn't even know what I was fixing until I really sat down and realized and I was like okay then it's like you actually make the the progress right but you don't like you said you don't always realize what you need to fix or you're working on some part of it and you don't even realize, you know, what else is there or what the real issue is. And so that's where too, just having the support, you know, and of having other people, if you have a therapist or having other people to work with or finding people again on social media or wherever it is who, who do resonate with you so that you don't feel so alone, because that's, you know, as we've talked about, that's like one of the hardest spaces of this. And really the only way for us to kind of work through that is to have the conversations that people, you know, you said people don't want to have the conversation because it's uncomfortable. Comfortable. Well, it doesn't get more comfortable by ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, like what? Then that does not do good for anybody. You yeah. know, people think that they're like saving you or helping themselves. You know, trying to not, but it doesn't help anybody. And it, I feel like you kind of just waste your life away. Um, you know, hiding those things and not being fully yourself. Because I really believe that I couldn't be fully myself if I would still be trying to hide or not trying to fix what happened. Oh, I don't think I was fully able to show up as myself at all. And there are still some then people as a result who I've known my whole life, who I feel like do not know me, or if they haven't talked to me in the last even several months, I'm like, oh, you just don't even know me because I wasn't able to be myself in part because I didn't know who that was, or it was so clouded and hidden by so many other things. Right. And so like being able to show up as yourself. And the beautiful part about that is, you know, these three wonderful children that you have and you're showing them that healing process. And that's so cool is that healing those patterns so that they don't become generational patterns that then they have to go through. And I've, I have, um, the two are really small. They don't really, you know, talk, but I have a six-year-old and I've explained to her, you know, even some of my triggers, I've had to have conversations with her and she's okay with it. Um, her love language is touch. I don't like, and for someone like me that went through trauma in the beginning, that was something really hard, yeah. you know, to give her, but like really just having conversations, you might think they're too young. And I feel like not everybody has to have these conversations, but for me and, you know, her it was like the best being like, Hey, you might not be able to do this thing with mommy because she doesn't feel okay right now. Or like, you know, I don't feel okay, but give me like a couple minutes and then I'll go and, you know, cut up with you mm-hmm. and just honest, you know, it really, really works. <laughs> No, it really does. Because the thing with kids too, is like, if you, you know, a lot of times we don't explain things or we don't tell them why. And if we don't, a lot of times they think it's because it's something they did or they internalize it, or they think then it's their fault or what have you. So really just being able to let them know, Hey, this is my feeling so that then they can also separate like, Oh, those are mommy's feelings. And then she's going to be okay. And these are my feelings and I'm over here so that they don't think it's like their job to also change your feelings or make everything okay for you. Yeah. Yeah, Now she really, you know, it's open like, Hey mom, like, I don't feel okay. Or like, I'm going to go to my room and she doesn't want anybody. And she's like, I want quiet time. So like everybody, you know, respects her quiet times. It's really nice seeing that it also like really shows up for them and Mm -hmm. like, giving them permission to express their feelings and if you don't want to do something you know you don't have to you know it's your body your choice you no know, like hey go give this guy a hug or go give mm-hmm. this, this you know really just respecting yeah. themselves yeah 
No, I think that that's such a, it's such a great thing to do for kids is to really give them and empower them with those tools then to be able to say, yeah, this is what feels good to me, or this is what I need right now. And to really recognize that because think about, I mean, I just think about if I would have had those tools as a kid, even if I, you know, trauma or no trauma, whatever it is, but I mean, I think everybody has childhood trauma of some kind, you know, but it's like, you know, really being able to do that so many adults can't do that now. So if we start equipping our kids to do that, you know, then we can prevent a lot of this space that I think that we struggle with otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, a silver lining um, of it really, you know, grew our relationship and kind of, you know, it, it's really nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's one of those things where when you get to that space where you, you know, share some things with your kids or when you're able to, you know, tell them different things at age appropriate levels where, you know, I think that it, you know, I think my kids too are a little more emotionally mature and aware because of the things that they've seen me go through because of the things that I've talked to them and it's changed, you know, different level of empathy for certain things, you know, and that's also important. I think, you know, it's, it's just as dangerous to sweep everything under the rug and pretend there are no problems because then kids don't learn how to talk about issues or talk about problems or talk about things that are bothering them. So as scary as it can feel to be vulnerable and state the state, those things, it really can be helpful. Yeah. It's like, might be uncomfortable, but it's really a win in the long run. You'll, you'll see, you know, like um, at first when it wasn't easy you know like opening up to her like telling her those things and I kind of felt like a bad mom you know yeah. but then it's like once you go past through that you see you see the, the good out of it you know yeah absolutely well I'm so excited that you were willing to come on today and share more of your story is there anything else that you want to share with us or um things that you're excited about or pieces of your story um well I feel like we were all over the place but that's <laughs> where I am at right now <laughs> you know a lot of more videos a lot of more fun stuff coming hopefully this year very exciting well but that's the fun thing about being all over the place is people get to see all of the different facets of you and now they can go follow you and see the different things that you pick up on and the the ways that you are healing from so many different things on your journey yeah (laughs) yeah well thank you so much again for being here Lupita I'm so excited that we had this conversation yeah thank you thanks everyone bye-bye Here are a few takeaways from today's episode with Lupita. Number one, once you find yourself entering motherhood, there are times you may be faced with your past trauma. It's so important to be aware and be open to doing the work to heal these wounds in order to offer the most solid foundation for your children. Number two, it's important to find a healthy outlet to release your feelings. Lupita found a beautiful way to offer support along her healing journey by making videos on Instagram. Number three, It's so powerful to be open and curious with your medical providers to find a medication that works for you. Not all medications will work well with your personal body. And as our bodies are always speaking to us, listen to what it is saying to you and ask for help from your medical providers if something doesn't feel right. Number four, when you begin to look at your past trauma, you may think it's a small thing and then realize how much is really hidden underneath that is also needing to be healed. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you join me again soon. You can find Lupita's Instagram link below in the show notes if you want to follow her journey.